0: Hi, I'm Liz hershnoff Tolly, and I want to welcome you to Capital Coffee Connection. Capital, because we're talking to people who work in capitals. Coffee, because we're drinking coffee. My guest is not having coffee right now, but we all drink coffee. And I know she loves
1: coffee. I do love coffee.
0: Just not at this hour. <laughs> um, and connection, because we're really trying to connect with folks. Um, I have learned over the years by getting to know many political leaders, that they're really incredible people. And sometimes what ends up happening is folks just say, oh, he's just a politician. Oh, she's just a politician. Almost like they're just a cutout. And through this podcast, what we hope to do is to dispel that myth and to actually show these amazing human beings who are working quite hard and with great passion and great heart To take care of our country to take care of our cities and our states so capital coffee connection is not about politics and policy but it's truly about the heart and humanity and if you think about it you know in the human genome everybody that walks this earth eight billion people plus are ninety nine point six percent the same (laughs) what differentiates us is like basically point four so how do we actually come together and celebrate our difference as opposed to using some differences to uh, separate us. I was thinking um, that recently I've had a lot of young women come up to me and say, how do you do it? Like, how are you a mother? How are you a wife? How are you a daughter? How are you a sister? And how are you a career person? How do you juggle it? And I was thinking, God, I wish I knew the secret because that would be amazing. (laughs) But what I do know is it's sort of like I call it the woman dance. So we dance when we need to like, keep up with the beat, keep up with the rhythm, keep up with the tempo. And then there's the crescendo, and we keep dancing because we want to make it look smooth and we and we want to be in a position where we're being graceful, balanced, and powerful. But I see a lot of women make it look easy, and I know it's not. Beyoncé, who's a singer and a dancer, said the most alluring thing a woman can have is confidence. And today, I am very fortunate to be having coffee and water (laughs) with a confident woman leader. Uh, And in keeping with my metaphor, is a dynamic, thoughtful, respected, and very powerful dancer. (laughs) Our guest today is Congresswoman Catherine Clark, and she represents Massachusetts 5th Congressional District, which includes many of Boston's northern and western suburbs, like Medford, Framingham, Woodburn, and your hometown of Revere, which is named after Paul Revere. Of course. little fact. (laughs) Uh, Catherine Clark is also the Democratic Minority Whip, uh, which is the second highest ranking member of House Democrats, which is pretty cool.
1: That's very cool. Yeah.
0: So thank you for joining me. Um, And we're going to just start with talking just about the beginning of Catherine time.
1: <laughs> well, Liz, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. And um, I just love this concept. First of all, even though I'm not having coffee right now, I yeah. do love coffee. Okay. I think it makes up three quarters of my blood system is caffeine. <laughs> yeah. um, but I also just think this is so important to have conversations with people who are influential. But also to know them on a human level. Yes. I always find it so interesting when I'm home and people say to me, You're so real. And I wonder, I think, you know, when the bright TV lights are on um, and we're careful with our words, um, it can come across as something that we're not just moms and daughters and you know spouses and friends um that there's something we're something other so thank you i'm really looking forward to this conversation yeah
0: and i think that when they see you in the market and you actually are buying food and that's your basket you're really real,
1: right? (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking in your intro about the balance, you know, and I have three children and there was a point in my life where both my parents who lived next door had a lot of medical issues. My dad had had a major stroke. My mom had very um, severe Alzheimer's. And so there was a lot going on. And I remember getting invited to speak on work-life balance and, I was telling my husband about this, and we literally threw our heads back laughing because we're like, there, there is no balance. I am lucky enough to get to do what I love yes. and something I'm passionate about. Not everybody gets to do that, and I know what a privilege that is. Yeah. And, um, but there really isn't any balance, and I bought my house from a friend who's a realtor, and so she had keys to my home and so for this presentation right she broke into my house and took pictures of my kitchen that she did not tell me she was coming (laughs) and so there was a mop leaning against a box of wine several Open jars of peanut butter and other just craziness, and tucked in there was a legislator of the year. I was in the state house at the time. Oh, that's great. Award that had somehow gotten lost. I mean, chaos and then she put that into the presentation with the picture from my campaign brochure where we're in matching shirts and the dog and all the children are smiling at Mm -hmm. the camera (laughs) and it's like it's this this is that but this is what it really looks like (laughs) and that presentation got such a reaction because i think women do see um other women as somehow having cracked a formula that eludes them and yeah. we're all in this every day trying to put together these real demands.
0: Oh yeah, and it's and it's that's why I say a dance because yeah. we we keep moving and we do it in different ways. But let me ask you this, your parents, they were very influential in your life. And I, and they they had an interesting story because they started out as Episcopalian. Yeah. And very you know serious folks your dad is a Republican
1: yes absolutely. and I'm sure I just
0: don't even know if he voted for you we're not gonna go there you can tell me but but then they became very interested in um,
1: Far Eastern yeah they, they philosophy got, got very interested in meditation and sort of the healing benefits of that and And sort of this idea of, um, even though they were still Christian uh, and uh, Episcopalian, that that all these religions are sort of, uh, that they are very much tied together. Yeah. And that we, uh, and it's so much of what we're seeing in politics that they were sort of trying to come at through a different lens of recognizing the humanity and the divinity in all people. It's beautiful. And not just, yeah. um, you know, that it's this church, this particular faith, this particular practice, but that there are such universal truth and really love at the basis of it but they were very very unlikely people for this particular journey (laughs)
0: but isn't that amazing like the growth especially
1: my dad you know um but um my dad actually uh every sunday we went to my grandmother's house for dinner Mm -hmm. and she was the the family matriarch to be sure and she was a democrat through and through and loved my dad. They had a very, very close relationship. But their job was, faux fighting every every Sunday night on, on about face. politics mm, until my dad was eighty, and he went down and registered as a Democrat. It was a very amazing. interesting, uh, amazing life, an, an interesting transition for him. Yeah.
0: You had a great grandmother who was a machinist in World War II.
1: That was my grandmother, yes. That was your grandma. Yeah. And
0: she, this is the woman we're talking about. Yep. And she lived till 102. She did. What was her
1: secret? Uh, she, I remember she got asked that once when we were celebrating her birthday, yeah. well into her 90s at a restaurant. And she said, hard work. And then she said, why did I possibly say that? It's good luck. maybe both maybe both and good genes but um but she really was an incredible person um you know she always she didn't work outside of the home except during World War II and I actually wrote my undergrad thesis on her and um sort of the propaganda that was used to get women out of the house into machinist jobs uh during the war and then get them back out so that these jobs were freed up for for, the men coming home from war for the men coming home and just um how for you know she got married right out of high school never went to college and for her it was such a time of feeling like she was part of something bigger interesting and uh it really it left a real effect on me Uh, And I was so glad that I chose that topic and got to explore a part of her life that wasn't obvious to me growing up, but that she really um, uh, felt so connected to a mission and part of a war effort um, when she, you know, loved being a homemaker, but it was the first time in her life that she'd really had that experience. And I have a picture of her in her you know, in her kerchief and, right. uh, and her um, overalls uh, working, working one of the machine presses. Uh, she made small airplane parts in Connecticut, uh, uh, hanging in my district office. I love it. Yeah, I love
0: it. When you were in school, high school, did you have a teacher that was inspiring? Um, or something that you did in high school that you carried with you that's part of like, the beginning of who you are now as a leader?
1: Well, you know, what's so interesting to me, if you had asked me in high school, I wanted to be a veterinarian, so um, the idea of being in politics never crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I was terrified of public speaking, and so the idea that I would basically make a living public speaking, right. it just I yeah. would never have foreseen this. But I was the editor of my school newspaper. Okay. And at the time, this is in the late 70s, early 80s, Right. Uh, we took on a alumni group that were um, raffling off a Cadillac because we said they should be doing a gas uh Economy car. <laughs> so, and the the faculty advisor said that we should feel free to do this, right. you know. Um, and but she she ended up resigning her position because it was so controversial, and the fact that she stuck with us, even though it meant that she was no longer the faculty advisor, um, her bravery in that moment. Um, just really stuck with me. Taught you something. Yeah, and that she believed in us, even though we were, yeah, you know, sixteen-year-olds writing it's our so our little school newspaper.
0: Yeah, but that's it's not so much the subject, and also funny the Cadillac, but like the idea that yeah. she followed
1: through and wasn't going to leave her students high and dry. That's right. That's yeah. right. And it's it was a really good lesson on. Yeah making sure you're there for people, especially those who don't have power and don't have a voice. Yeah, and being a mentor for students, for young people.
0: So I have a, a funny question. You went and studied in Japan. I did. What? I mean, besides going there for sushi and culture and art, like, was there something else? I, I just think that's a great thing. And back in the yeah. 80s, so that was an interesting...
1: Yeah, it was It was quite the choice. I think I was the tallest woman in the country at the time. Perhaps. Uh, for your uh, listeners, I'm about 5'11". And uh, I got my picture taken a lot when I went. And at first I thought it was very flattering. And then I realized it was more a novelty to yeah. see a woman so tall all. I went to St. Lawrence University in Kent, New York, a very small school in a very rural part of upstate New York. And I just wanted something that was gonna push my limits. I had never taken a single day of Japanese, so it was I often said felt sometimes like I was the family dog. People were nice to me, they fed me, but I often had no idea what was going on. I can believe that. <laughs> I remember we once went with uh, my family to, I, I knew we were going to where they had some sort of vacation home. What I didn't know is we were spending the weekend So I brought nothing with me. (laughs) So there were mistakes in communication. Like there's nothing you could run out and buy that would
0: fit you either, right? (laughs)
1: That's right. That's right. But um, it was was a really amazing experience and really a great adventure.
0: It sounds amazing. When I thought about that and you, it just seemed a little bit like incongruent. But I get what you did, which was just, again, pushing the limits.
1: Just push the limits a little bit. And, you know, I remember returning home and... uh, being in the Chicago airport flying back uh, to New England and just just amazed at the diversity of people and how big everybody was. Your I life think
0: opened I had, up because you traveled.
1: Yeah, and I had just, you know, and it was really, and I, I'm sure my parents had to deal with me for a long time. I thought it was just vile that they wore their shoes in the house after one semester but <laughs> I get it yeah. I
0: get it that's really interesting yeah you learn a lot it was great and I think that's part of what we're trying to do is like have these stories so people can learn from them not everybody's going to get to go to Japan but your story's great right you know right um so I want to talk about like that being kind of a person that does crazy things or takes a chance and you have been in the um house now for 10 years
1: almost 10 years okay yeah
0: so, and we've had a big change, and we're not here to talk about politics, but I think what I'd love for you to do, because people don't really know, what does a whip do? You have a whip on both sides, but what does what is your role? Because it's an important role, and I don't know that everybody knows what that role is.
1: Yeah, it's um, my job is to count the votes, Okay, to see where members are, what information they need, and to make sure that our vote is going to be there. Uh, whether that's for something we're trying to get done or in a, opposition to something we're trying to stop.
0: So basically you have to go or you speak with, you know, a couple hundred folks, two, like 200 people.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I have a great team. As as you know well, Liz, everything comes down to assembling a great team. Right. But we we just really try and stay close to... Um, our members of our caucus, see where people are, what concerns, is there more information we can get you or is this just a core issue for you that you're not gonna come along with us and you know report to our leadership team. Not always specific names, because sometimes we keep those in confidence if members ask us to, right. but we give them the real numbers and let people know where we are and uh, sometimes those are really tough conversations and sometimes they're not you know it's just you understand that we come from very different districts and there are different issues that people need to navigate Um, but it's finding out sort of and it's what i love about this job it's really being more of a listener than being a whip and trying to understand what the different pressures are for people the different frustrations and who has expertise. Um, Some of what I've discovered is that I'm often not the best messenger, but someone else who can come and explain an issue from a different point of view or for why it's so important to them can be that even better connector and storyteller about why this issue matters so much. So it's finding those voices and sort of being a convener. For folks, and I, I just love this job. Yeah, and, and
0: it's a it's a it's a good job for you.
1: It's a great job. For yeah, me.
0: and and j- just in, in in closing on this, like you really have. It's about it's about connecting again, and it's about working together, which yeah. I think we need to always remind ourselves that this that we get more accomplished when we work together and when we connect.
1: Yeah, and it and that's that's really it, and it's making sure that you're aware that you understand where people's pressure points are. You understand where they feel vulnerable um, or they just feel like they're not being heard. Yeah. Like sometimes people move just because they they just feel like issues have come up, something's come up and nobody ever talked to them about it. And you know, that matters to people that they feel like they're being heard, that people they've been sent there to represent are having a place in the process. Yeah, it's nice.
0: I have a question about your strength. You have a husband that supports you. Yeah. What is it like to have a husband who is not intimidated by your power, but also is a partner and a supporter? Because together you raise kids. And I always am curious about men who support strong women and are really there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I really think I hit the lottery of life with my husband. Uh, we just celebrated our thirty first wedding anniversary Congratulations. and um he's an amazing guy because uh, he's
0: a career person and very yeah, successful. He, he
1: just got a new job. He is a very successful attorney um, doing work for the for the state and the bar organization in Massachusetts. but he has never been anything but supportive and really good at drawing his own boundaries, too. That's great. That there are certain political things he's just not interested in partaking in, um, but really believes in the work I'm doing and that I can do it. And to have that kind of support... It's amazing. Um, ...is really... Yeah. ...makes me very, very lucky. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't want
0: to go too long because your kids are grown up and my kids are grown up. They don't really want us talking about them that much, but... <laughs> but what, what, is there something that you look back and you say that was really a challenge in parenting or something that was really rewarding in parenting?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the glare of social media mm-hmm. um, as I have uh, moved up in leadership in the party reflects on them. And, you know, my kids are like all kids. And uh, my daughter made a very public mistake. And that's been brutal. Um, the pushback on her. But, you know, we've all learned something from that. Um, And there's always that tension as a mom that your choices to go into a public life, a political life, affect your um, children, affects your kids. And, you know, every single working mom, whether You know, you're working, whatever your job is, has that feeling like I'm not doing the best job at work and I'm not being the best mom I can be. And I think that we have to learn to accept that our kids understand that we love them and that we are doing the best we can do. I agree. And when we fall short that, you know, I always say, be quick to apologize. Like I'm with you. There's nothing to be lost by that. Um, but, you know, there definitely is a time. When I ran for Congress, we had a huge family vote. So my children voted, my in-laws voted, we all <laughs> voted. It was unanimous. Right. My youngest son was 11 at the time. Halfway through the summer, about five months into the campaign, he said, I want to change my vote. Oh, and it. I said 11 it was, years old, of course. Yeah, and I said, well, this is a good lesson in democracy. Once you vote... <laughs> it's done it counts (laughs) counts. but um but I think there have been moments where they've expressed their their pride in the work that that I do too
0: yeah you know I, I I raised five children and um it's not easy yeah and each child is very different same parents but very different but um They have to go through it on their own. And I think for me, sometimes the hardest part has been letting them make a mistake or letting them do things that I would try to fix or want to correct. But then we don't give them the opportunity to actually learn how to metaphorically spread their wings and fly. And it's sometimes that to me is one of the hardest things because I think we have this in common. We can fix things, we can do things. But sometimes we just have to sit back and it's not so comfortable. But it's the best for our children.
1: But it's how we all grow. Exactly. We're all going to make mistakes. Yeah. We're all going to fail at something. So
0: at least once. <laughs> at least once. <laughs> Many so. times, some of us. <laughs> once a day, but um, you know yeah. there is. Yeah. You
1: know, but that is where you also find in that risk. You find your real joy and oh, your purpose.
0: Purpose and growth. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what would be? What is there? Some great advice somebody gave you. Or terrible advice someone gave you? Because I know you've worked <laughs> with some people that have given you some great advice.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I, Nancy Pelosi gives a lot of great advice. Share and, some of it with us. And uh, one of them is know your why. Okay. You know, know why you're here, know why you're doing that, uh, whatever it is you're doing. And that certainly applies Far beyond politics. Exactly. Know, know your why. And when you know that, other things tend to fall in line. Yeah. And it won't always be smooth. It won't always look like that picture on my campaign brochure. Um, or but,
0: that picture on most people's Instagram. Let's get uh, are it on that, We live yeah.
1: very curated yeah. lives. Um, but, but there is... Um, real joy in in knowing your mission right. whatever it is yeah. and um and and being able to get to work on something that every day i am excited and hopeful um about what we can do in this country that yeah. we can get through this period of division and get back to Um, More
0: togetherness. Yeah, the idea
1: isn't to agree on everything. That's why we have representative government. We don't want to be monolithic and all come. But we come from different communities, different parts of the countries, different perspectives. And it's why I'm such a champion of having women in politics because I think our voices are so important. Um, uh, But, you know, we should be able to have a discussion and honest disagreements around policy um, that aren't based on turning neighbor against neighbor. Hallelujah.
0: Okay, so now we're gonna switch on that great note to really some quicker questions for people to get to know you. Right. Your likes, your dislikes. Speed round. Speed, Yeah, speed <laughs> round. Um, and you can answer in a one word, you can give us a sentence, but they're kind of fun ones. You can also okay. decline. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is my newest question. Do you sleep with your phone on your bedstand or in another room? Bedstand. Yeah, me too. Terrible. Terrible.
1: First thing I check in the morning. I know.
0: But it's we're, we we got to fix that maybe. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that. Who is your biggest cheerleader?
1: Uh, my biggest cheerleader is my husband. Nice. Sometimes quiet, but always there. But always a cheering. Yeah.
0: You arrive at a desert island or you're stuck on one and there's only one meal you can
1: have. What would oh, that be? Oh, I am, I love food so much that it's really tough, but it would have to be a pasta dish.
0: Okay. Do you have a sauce on that pasta?
1: No. Oh, these are tough questions. (laughs) I'm not going to choose my sauces. These are tough. These are
0: really tough questions for an elected leader because they're like authentic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: All the pastas. Okay. All the sauces. I don't want to
0: put you in this position. Exactly. Um, If you have time to exercise, what exercise would that be?
1: Uh, I, I jog. Oh, I won't call it running because it's not running. It's slow. But it's just, it's easy. It's fast. You can do it anywhere.
0: And do you listen to music when you do it? I do. What kind of music do you like to listen to?
1: It is such an eclectic playlist. I have everything from Beyonce and Drake to Rolling Stones, Talking Heads, little country thrown in there. I love it. It's, it's very eclectic. It's fun. (laughs) It is fun.
0: Um, favorite color? Blue. What is your sign, zodiac sign?
1: Cancer, and I am truly a cancer. I like to pair people up, get them in relationships.
0: Okay, you hear that? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: do you have a hobby outside of jogging and taking care of the world? Uh, no. Okay.
1: <laughs> I've become very one-dimensional. I, would, I don't know if, you if, time. if I could choose one. Yeah, what would um, be? I, uh, be, I would do photography.
0: Ah, I love that.
1: I love photography. I take a ton of pictures on my iPhone. So, you,
0: you have a little hobby with your iPhone?
1: I, I do. I, like I do. That. Let's I call do. it a hobby. We'll call it a hobby. I love it.
0: Like when you travel and when things are beautiful, you like to take Oh, I take a
1: them. ton of pictures. I love yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Okay. You have a hobby?
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to claim it.
0: Okay. Um, in your house, what would be your favorite household chore?
1: Ooh, favorite household chore. Another tough one. Um, and this one's going to, I don't think this is probably a popular one, but I'm a fan of laundry. Me too. And you'd be surprised. You're I, not alone. I like the stain removal thrill. <laughs> I find it very satisfying, the whole thing. I'm with you. Yeah. You go from dirty clothes to clean clothes.
0: That's right. And there's a lot of things along the way. And it, yeah,
1: <laughs> there's <laughs> gradations there.
0: Um, if you could travel with your husband, just the two of you, anywhere in the world, where would you guys go that you haven't been before?
1: Yeah. Um, I think we'd go to Thailand. Mm, nice.
0: On the hardest day when, you know, things just are falling apart. What, what, what do you do to get back on your feet?
1: Um, I try to surround myself with people who will get me laughing. Mm -hmm. um, Laughing. Because I I just find that I need that. um, Just, you know, whether it's just self, laughing at yourself usually (laughs) works for me very well. Um, But just to be surrounded by people who take their jobs very seriously, but don't take themselves so seriously. That's
0: nice, yeah.
1: Okay, so do you know this game called
0: Kiss Mary? Kill, kiss, marry. Yeah. So we're going to play it. It's a really <laughs> easy one. And we call it kiss, marry, trash, because we don't kill on this program. Okay. Um, and I'm going to give you three things. These are also really easy, I okay. think. Okay. And you just say what you would kiss, what you would marry, and what you would trash. Okay. And I know sometimes it's hard to trash something, so we can be diplomatic if it doesn't work for you. But okay. All having right. said that, kiss, marry, trash. Ping pong, bowling, miniature golf. Oh, marry. Which one would you marry? Uh, miniature golf. Okay, which one would you kiss? Um ping
1: pong and what was that? Bowling. Oh, bowling. Um <laughs> I want to trash either. I kiss those both. Okay. Do I have to trash one? No, you
0: this is this is you're All free right. to do All what right. you want. It's
1: a free country. I, I, if I had to trash one, I'd trash ping pong. Okay. And kiss bowling. Okay. This is a really
0: great one. Chocolate chip cookies, any flavor of ice cream or apple pie? What would you marry?
1: Ice cream. You'd marry ice cream. Marry ice cream, kiss cookies, and trash pie. Okay. Even though I love pie too. But, but well, I think you probably like them along. all. We're playing along. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, seasons, and remember, you come from a cold weather winter, mm-hmm. but summer, spring, winter.
1: Oh, summer, spring, winter. My favorite season's fall. So
0: okay. So <laughs> let's do fall. Let's do fall, summer, winter
1: fall summer winter So
0: fall you'd marry I
1: I'd, I'd marry um I'd marry fall, I'd kiss summer and I'd trash winter. Yeah. Okay. Netflix, reading,
0: meditating. If you need to relax, Netflix, reading, meditating.
1: Uh, marry reading. Okay. Kiss Netflix and trash meditating. They got
0: it. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch or dinner?
1: Oh, dinner. Married dinner. Merry dinner. Uh, kiss lunch. Trash breakfast. Okay.
0: Um, this is one you're going to love. These are
1: also but, like food groups I love. I know. breakfast. I but. know. And this one's going to be
0: even harder <laughs> considering Uh-oh. on Uh-oh. an island you're going to eat pasta. But I love this one because it tells a lot about a person. Um, three different pastas. Fusilli, penne, spaghetti.
1: What would you marry? What would you kiss? What would you trash? I would marry... Fusili. Okay, I would kiss penne, and I'd trash spaghetti. Okay, but I'll eat them all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of with you, but I but I get you got to pick it because I'm putting you in the position. It. Yeah,
0: basketball, baseball, football.
1: Uh, I'd marry uh, basketball. Okay, kiss baseball, and trash football.
0: Okay, that's you get it. <laughs> so this is the last question and you mentioned it earlier which i loved is the idea and i've asked everybody their definition of joy
1: Mm.
0: what brings them joy and then how how do we spread joy because i believe we spend too much time currently and i don't like to go here but we do spend too much time spreading negative things not we but our our society So how can we spread positive? And I think joy is something if you spread it, others feel it. Yeah. So the question goes back to: What do you think joy is? What brings you joy, and how do you share joy or spread joy?
1: Um, I hope I spread joy by really trying to be a good friend Mm -hmm. and to um, to try and understand what people need. And um, I know I get a lot of joy out of other people and those relationships and finding the connections even when they're not um, initially obvious ones. Yeah. And um, how much I've learned from people who have very different backgrounds from me, come from different parts of the country, different perspectives, and how joyful that is to find those other connections and, and to just learn from them. And, um, I, I just really find people so fascinating and, um, there's, you know, it's what I love about the work that I do is getting to, to be a voice for people and to do what you're doing, really try and hear people's stories and connect them to stories. I always tell every advocate who comes before us in Congress that like, tell your story, because that's what we're gonna remember. We have a lot of line items, we have a lot of bill numbers, but we'll remember your child with the rare disease and what you went through to be here. We'll remember what it was like for you to lose that job and be homeless. What it was like for you to be home waiting for that call because you have a child who has addiction issues, yes. and you don't know if they're gonna. This will be the day they'll call, and it'll be the call you dread. Like those stories help propel us to to keep working, to keep moving forward, to keep seeing communities as entities that need each other, mm-hmm. and that our interests don't stop at our own fence line that we are so connected and we ignore that at our own peril. Right. And that when we can really strengthen and hear people's stories and find that connection, uh, even in places that don't first seem obvious, it's where we can really build that joy in our own lives. And like I said before, see that divinity in others and see that common humanity that is so often there, but gets really buried by so many other concerns. Yeah, well, I, I want to end on that because what you said in the
0: end and how you ended it, everything is just beautiful. And I hope that people listening will really appreciate and understand your stories because your stories are pretty amazing, um, but really share their stories with others. Yeah. Um, because I think the more we do share, that's what people do remember. And I think just the act of sharing stories is joyful.
1: Yeah, it is. Connecting.
0: It is. Yeah. And
1: this has been a joy. Well, thank you. <laughs>
0: thank you so much. And thank, thank you, you for what Liz. you do. And thank you for being a leader and being a strong woman and being thoughtful about uh, the world that we live in. It's it's important and it's very um, meaningful. Um, and thank you.